0: Okay, listen to this. We have something really exciting that we wanna share with you.
1: Jesse and I are going to be speaking live this November 4th and 5th at the Flourish event here in Chandler, Arizona.
0: We actually attended this event earlier this year. They had one in April and we had a blast. Now we will be speaking and honestly, we just wanna meet as many of our realtor listeners as possible.
1: Yes there will be an incredible all-female speaking lineup, networking, a content shoot, and you won't want to
0: miss coming with us to the VIP dinner. The link to buy tickets is in the show notes and hurry because they won't last long, but don't stop there. Send us a DM after you bought your tickets to get details to join us at an exclusive socially modern happy hour following the event.
1: We've been podcasting for almost a year now, and what better way to celebrate than to meet up with you guys in real life. We can't wait to see you there.
0: Hey, I'm Jessie. And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media.
1: And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook
0: and let's dive into socially modern. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the socially modern podcast. Today, we are going to be answering some more of your questions because we just really like these kinds of episodes.
1: And I feel like everybody really does like them too, because we've gotten some great feedback on it and we've been asked to do more Q and A's. So
0: yes, it's true.
1: This was a good one. We, and by we, I mean, actually, Jesse took the lead on this and she (laughs) got us a bunch of great questions.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yep. So a lot of our questions, well, I'm pretty sure all of our questions came from the Socially Modern Instagram account. Yay. We just posted a question box in our stories just literally ask us anything to answer in an upcoming episode. And that's where we're at. This is that episode. Woohoo. Do you mm-hmm. wanna start? Sure. So, question number one is how do you set up your seller consults? This is a good one. So, I don't know if you want me to answer first yeah, or you wanna answer first. No, okay, go
1: ahead. <laughs> All right. So, how I typically set up my seller consults. So, sellers for me work. In a manner where most of the time it's referral based or my sphere of influence or, of course, through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so there's usually some sort of like conversation leading up to me having this seller consultation. And um, uh, personally, I usually give them like an inkling, like a little a little taste of like what that equity looks like. Cause right now most people are sitting on some pretty fantastic equity. So mm-hmm. I know that I can give a glimpse of what it looks like to be a seller in this market and a glimpse of what that, that equity is looking like. And then I always do an in-person meeting. So my buyer consults versus my seller consults, I do prefer to do an in-person seller consult, especially cause I like to go see the house Right. I like to tour it. I like to to meet them face to face if I haven't yet. Um and that is like the bulk of my seller console mm-hmm. is in person.
0: Yeah. I would agree. I think that having some type of conversation with them up to the actual in person part is exactly how I do it as well. Again, I kind of usually like to tease people with like you know we're thinking about selling our house and you know I'm like oh that's great you know are you wanting to buy I just kind of ask just some qualifying questions just to figure out where they're at and then I'll usually offer to like run comps for them real quick and so I get their address which I want their address to begin with so I'll get their address and then just quickly run numbers and be like so you know I kind of put your house in this range to this range you know, which could end up being somewhere around this type of. And that's what Jesse equity. and I
1: both do is, is it, we both feel it's important, of course, to give them a range, give them an idea. Cause most people are pretty like, they're pretty on it, right? They're going to go and they're going to look on Zillow or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever website. And they probably Zested are like, it. I looked up all my neighbor's houses. They always know like my neighbor down the street sold for this and this neighbor's at this. And so they kind of have a ballpark idea, but, but the deep dive and the actual like solidifying that number for them is an in-person consult. And that is how you kind of, you get your foot in the door, honestly, with people that you maybe don't know yet. And maybe they're kind of hesitant to even schedule a meeting because they're like, well, I just want to know first kind of if I'm in the, in the right ballpark.
0: Mm -hmm. Otherwise
1: it doesn't matter to them
0: and that's why i like to give them that equity number because i i want them to get excited about that number and i want them to cuz ultimately that could be the thing that makes their decision they exactly could, they could be like oh wow i didn't realize we had that much equity in this house maybe we really should think about selling right cuz that's what really pushed me and my husband to sell our most recent house um, was how True. much equity we had in it. And so I like to kind of lead with that and then kind of pose the question, you know, if you guys have more questions or, you know, a lot of times I'm meeting with first time sellers and so they're, they don't know what that process looks like. And right. so I just tell them, you know, the next step from here, if you guys are actually interested in selling would be for me to come by and check out the house and just kind of, you know, give you more information and we can solidify a timeline, et cetera.
1: Right. I feel like this is great, too. Like we said, I mean, sending that little like uh, tidbit about what the home is looking like, what your equity is looking like, um, that just gets your, your foot in the door, of course, but it, it will not waste your time. Yeah. And it doesn't waste their time. A lot of times the sellers are just kind of putting feelers out, right? Mm hmm. I mean, I know we do that even, and we're realtors. Yeah. <laughs> I know there for a while, Jesse was like looking up what her house was worth. And then it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's just what the sellers want to do too. So that's also why we, we love HomeBot. We talk about HomeBot. Um, and you could actually set your sellers, your past clients, right? Your buyers, mm-hmm. who will eventually hopefully be your sellers um, up on HomeBot. So a little extra there for you. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's go into question number two. Um, I like this question. This one says, when did you feel like, uh, I got this in this career? Uh,
0: I still don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is one of those things where what's that, what's that real that it's like, you know, should we know what we're doing? Oh yeah. Does anyone
0: know (laughs) what we're, or what What are we we, supposed to be doing? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I've recreated it. Or you'll
1: have days where it's like, yes, I know everything, feeling really great about it. And then you'll have. You know, a deal that that comes up where you're learning. I have a deal like that right now where I'm learning a lot on it, and I'm just like, man. But honestly, that's what makes this industry so amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm never bored. Are you yeah. ever bored? <laughs> nope. there's always something. There's always something. There's always something to do and something to learn. So um, I feel like, you know, if I want to say that, you know, I got this in this career, I would say the first couple of years in real estate, you're, are there, it's definitely more nerve wracking. Yeah. You're going to a commission based only career. It's can be very stressful. It can give you some, you know, sleepless nights, which still happens sometimes to me, but a lot less than it used to. So there is, there's some hope there. If you're in your first couple of years in real estate, just know you just got to hang on. And I used to tell myself back then that, you know, I'm making it farther than a lot of realtors do. And I just got to keep pushing forward because I always heard from other successful realtors that like you're three, you're four, you're five, like it's just from there easier and easier.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think uh, your first couple of years are just naturally going to be a little bit more inconsistent Mm -hmm. because you're building a client base. I mean, when you really think about what that means, you know, you might get a deal here and there, but you're literally building a client base, a client network. And that takes time for any business at all. So, you know, it's, I don't feel, I feel like confident to a point, but this year has been pretty inconsistent for me. And so, you know, like I had a really good month in September and now we're in October and I don't have anything in escrow yet right? right? and whatnot. And like, so it just, yeah, it's really, for me, I, I, I'm i just still pretty inconsistent. I have really good months. I have months where I don't close anything. But I'm still doing the same activities that get me clients every day. Exactly. And that's key. Mm-hmm. That's crucial. And actually, I think we have a question that will kind of spark that too. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> dive discussion. into that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Next question. What's the most challenging thing you've faced in your real estate careers so far? Mm-hmm. For me I would have to
1: say you know and I think every real estate agent can relate to this if you've been in the business for any bit of time but we all have those deals that and it seems to happen with our friends or family every time <laughs> I don't know why it's like that but you always have that that one deal that you look back on and that you're like oh man you know that just, things did not go the way that I wanted it to. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes they're hairier than others and things happen that, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. It just happens. And, um, for me, that was with like family, kind of distant family, but family. And I'm like, man, you know what I mean? It's like, I gotta see those guys again. That's just, that's tough.
0: Right. That's (laughs) tough for me.
1: Um, that I and I've had to face that, you know, and face those people, and always try and make up for it. Of course, for any, you know, it sucks when it's out of my control, but I still have to, I, you know, <laughs> it's not my fault, but it's my problem.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, you would say it's just like tricky,
1: tricky situations with clients. Yeah, and looking back at a couple of those deals and just being like, man, I wish things would have went differently for that. But yeah, what can you do?
0: Yeah. For me, I think I mean I we just talked about this, but for me, I think right now it's still the inconsistency of it. Right. Um. I wish that I could say that I've been consistently closing deals. Um. I mean, I had a street going for the last, you know, a little bit of 2020 and into 2021, and then 2021 happened, and the market went berserk, and my clients had a hard time getting in homes. So you know, I've been really struggling with the consistency in closings this year. Um, So I would say that's probably it for me.
1: I think a lot of agents are there this year too, especially if you're a newer agent, like Jesse said, you're still building your client base. And if you're working with a lot of first time home buyers, like maybe they didn't have the funds to compete in some of this craziness that's been happening. And maybe they pushed off their home searches, which I know happened to a lot of our agents mm-hmm. and a lot of people. I've had it happen with some of my clients. They just pressed that pause button and said, We're gonna have to buy in a little bit. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is. But you know, it'll it'll get there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh yeah. That was a good one. I liked that. Yeah. Okay. What is one thing you would tell yourself at the beginning of your real estate career? Ooh, the
0: pressure is on Jesse. I know. Uh, I don't know. Just that. uh, Actually I do know. And that thing is your ideal client matters more than you realize. Figuring out who your ideal client is is like literally the first thing that I should have done that and surrounding myself with the right people. I was literally going
1: to say like picking the right people to surround yourself with is going to be crucial. So really listen to your gut when you're meeting with, with teams and brokerages and, and things like that, you know, really go with what you feel is, is a good fit. And you may not know right off the bat, but You got to, you got to really listen to your, it's going to sound cheesy. Listen to your heart. (laughs) Listen to your
0: heart. (laughs) So I met with an agent recently and she had really, she kind of had some reservations toward like brokerage hopping. Right. Because there's kind of this thing in real estate where like. You know, it's always the quote unsuccessful realtors who brokerage hop because they think that it's the brokerage that's causing them not to have success when in reality it's them. And so she kind of had this preconceived notion that if she were to brokerage hop, you know, another time in her first year, that she'd kind of be labeled as this like not good agent or whatever. When it, you know, interesting. When she really felt like, not to brag or anything, but when she really felt like Mainville & Co. was a, was the spot for her, she kind of had some minor apprehensions to brokerage hopping. Right. Because even though it felt right, she didn't want to kind of be labeled that way. And to that, I honestly would just say, you know what? If it feels right, go for it. I don't care if you've been at that brokerage, your past brokerage for a week, a day, a month, a year, 12 years, I don't care if you feel like a certain brokerage or a certain team aligns with where you see yourself going in this career, do not wait and do not hesitate. Just make the move. Nobody's going to care. You're the only one that's going to care.
1: Right. I feel like that, like you're labeling yourself, honestly, like we do that in a lot of areas of our life. You know, we're more hyper-focused on on ourselves, and we think everybody else is thinking about us. Yeah. But realistically, they're all thinking about themselves. So that's kind of what that reminds me of. And, mm. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, you, you really do need to just go with your heart on that and be somewhere that you know is going to feel good for you.
0: hmm I agree. Okay. Next question. Next. First things to do after you pass your test. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of the first things to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are we um, speaking logistically or are we
1: speaking social media wise? I yeah. think that maybe we're thinking social media wise. I would go a little bit that way yeah, with it. Um, the first things to do after you pass your test. I would say a lot of agents actually ask me what should I be doing through like towards the end of my course and when I start and I'm like guys you should totally share that you're going to be in real estate and that you're pumped about it and um, don't be secret about that I think that sometimes people people get shy to share the process you know what I mean and it's almost like because they feel like that somehow makes them less
0: sales. It makes some It people think that it's salesy.
1: Maybe people think it's salesy. And Maybe pushy. that's what it is or pushy, but you do need to get comfortable with, with posting. And so I think that, you know what I mean? It makes sense to talk about the process versus like in three months you come out and you're like, hi, I'm a realtor. And you create a Facebook page and it's just like, like on blast all of a sudden, which is fine. That happens. But But if you can and you're here in school and you're listening to this podcast right now, then why not get started with with putting out some posts? Um, and we actually did a post that was like your t- first five oh, yeah. uh, post topics for new agents. Obviously those topics are great for all agents. but if you're a new agent, go listen to that episode. Jesse probably knows the number.
0: Uh, I don't. Okay, <laughs> Not off the top of my head. It's one of the one of our it past episodes re- It was pretty recent though. it was like within the last five to seven episodes.
1: It was. So go look at that. but um, and then follow those for your first post. Uh, but really get clear, like Jesse said, having your ideal client is huge. Having a, a good, solid idea and also really figuring out what style of marketing um, you want to really start to pursue. Mm-hmm. Start researching some of the ways. Um, I heard a really good tip for new agents, which was asking some successful agents what and agents that have been in the business a little while, like what their favorite marketing methods are. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of get an idea of what people are doing Yep. and research the heck out of
0: them. Yeah. I'm going to take it a little bit more kind of logistically. That sounds like Jesse. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, everything, I echo everything that Stephanie said about social media and whatever, but logistically, I mean, first things to do after you pass your state test is usually to apply with your state department of real estate to get your license once you get your license and once that's approved or whatever, then you have to hang it with a brokerage somewhere. Um, whether that's like a nationwide brokerage or local brokerage, whatever. Um, so I mean, honestly, after you pass your test, if you haven't been interviewing brokerages and just like talking to people about, you know, what their brokerage offers, what their team offers and whatever, like that's kind of where you need to, to Begin. go. Like, yeah, you, you have to find really your home have to figure out like, okay, where am I going to hang my license? Mm-hmm. And you know, all of that. So, I mean, you got to get set up before you can
1: start, start she, actually I going mean, for it. But. Shameless
0: plug. Like you can reach out to me or Stephanie to learn about Mainville and co and, um, definitely exp, you know, but like, yeah, I think you just need to really figure out where you're going to go. And then, um, you know, the, every brokerage, I'm sure, has a different onboarding process. And wherever you decide to go, they'll lead you through that. But, yeah. That is a good one. That's what you need to do.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. What is your business post and personal So post slash (laughs) slash personal post ratio.
0: That one got me. (laughs) So basically, how many times are you posting about business? And then how many times are you posting about personal stuff?
1: Yeah, exactly. So for me, I always keep it kind of like an 80-20. I do make a lot. And it depends on the content. Like, is it my feed? Is it my stories? Is it my reels? And so I use all of them differently. Uh, but I would say that I I do share quite a bit of personal on my page Yeah, and those are for our connection points. Yep. That's why
0: back to those connection points. It's important to have those you guys. Yeah. I, I don't think like I've heard the 80, 20 rule and that's kind of where I started when I first started using social media. Um, now I don't think that I'm anywhere near that. I honestly don't have like a, a set ratio. I really don't. Um, we talked about this recently on a post or on a post. Wow. I keep, we keep saying post and not episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're social media marketing people. Can't you tell? Um, we talked about this recently though. Like sometimes if we feel like our engagement is lacking, sometimes we'll throw in like a post that we know is going to perform really well just to kind of, I don't know, ego boost or just get get a little booster, get that. Yeah. Get that little bit of boost or whatever. So like i don't know i've been posting a lot of personal stuff about like my bodybuilding journey and people are just totally eating it up and people are love it. being invested and i love it absolutely um you know and then i've been posting reels about social media tips or buyers or seller content and stuff so i don't know it's just a mix it's hard to say what it's the ratio is mix.
1: it is a good mix and it depends on where you're what feed you're looking at, you know, whether that, like we said, is a post, is it a reel, is it um, through stories? So in my stories, I would say I'm usually a good, good 80-20. In my feed posts, I'm usually more so leaning towards the business side or my reels lean more towards
0: business more often, but um, I love stories, so. Yeah. <laughs> to, to whoever asked this question, honestly, I would just say, don't be afraid to really mix the two. To really push both business and personal information. Exactly. Um, do what's comfortable, of course, but just don't be afraid to mix them is really what I would say to this person. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Okay. Next, next one. question. Uh, if you were doing something other than real estate, what do you think it would be? Hmm. Okay, well, I've said this, I think, on a, a question before, but I,
1: it would definitely be something in marketing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love um, branding and marketing and business building, and when I hear somebody starting a new business, like I love talking to them about their marketing strategies and how they're building and growing their business. So for me, it would be something along that that line <laughs> or that type of business, and probably coaching new or small business owners on all aspects of their marketing strategy and building their business. Yeah. That for me would be, is fun. And that's why I love what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Best of both worlds. I get to do all of that. Yeah. Honestly, um, I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't in real estate. I know that I would still be in entrepreneurship somehow, some way because corporate life is not for me. Um, so it would probably be some type of small business. Um, I could see that probably rooted in like helping people somehow. I don't know.
1: I think all good real estate agents really are. We all stem in some sort of like customer service base where we enjoy, we just truly enjoy helping people. Yeah. So I get that. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. Advice for getting through those ruts when you feel like nothing is working. So every, sorry, I'm jumping in because I'm excited.
0: dive right in.
1: So every single time that I have felt like I'm in a rut with work, especially in those first couple of years, I would feel it more frequently. And I would have to just remind myself that every day I need to do the things that I know that I'm supposed to do, even if I'm not seeing the reward from it. Because sometimes you don't and sometimes you don't see it for three months, six months. Sometimes I have clients that I've been nurturing for 12 months or longer, you know, Yeah. Um, but you want to make sure that you're, you're always focused on what are my tasks that I do every single day to, to generate business. Mm -hmm. And Jesse and I talk about that quite a bit and you need to make sure that you're touching base with clients or you're building that database. Um, You're doing your social media posts, you're making videos. If you can't look back and say, I did everything today that I should have been doing. When you have zero clients, right? You're struggling. You're in this rut. You're in this down. You're like, I did everything today. I can go to bed knowing that I really pushed forward on everything that I could do today to make myself successful in the coming months. And I'll see that pay off in the future.
0: Yeah. And, and I would honestly just echo everything that you just said. I think sometimes it feels like nothing is working, but that's because we're not seeing results right away or we're just not seeing results, period. When in reality, you know, you could have posted something yesterday that really hit somebody and you never know tomorrow they might reach out to you and say, hey, I've been thinking about buying or selling and your post the other day really resonated with me. It happens all the time. Yeah. And and I think like I would have said exactly what you said, which is at the end of every day, can you answer the question, did I do something to move the needle in my business somehow? Did I post? Did I show up on stories? Did I follow up with leads? Did I, you know, X, Y, Z? And I think as long as you can answer that question, yes, I did, then you're making progress, even though it doesn't feel like it. Exactly. I used to, well, and I still do. I still keep a to-do list, but it it
1: meant so much to me when I did feel like I was in those ruts. It helped me a lot to just like kind of dump everything out on a notepad and be able to cross those things off because then at, at night I wouldn't go to bed feeling anxious about like not doing enough or not moving the needle, not feeling the progress. And then I'd be like, no, today was awesome. I did so much today. You know what I mean? So, So definitely you know, get into it and really ask yourself those questions.
0: Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> All right, next question. Advice for getting started as a brand new agent. Well, if this isn't the bread and butter of our entire podcast almost. <laughs> um Look, as a brand new agent, it is so overwhelming. It is so overwhelming because real estate school doesn't teach you anything you need to know about actually building a real estate business. And that's why your team, your brokerage, who you surround yourself with is so important. So just know and acknowledge right away that, all right, this is going to be overwhelming. There's going to be a lot of information and I'm just going to have to figure this out day by day.
1: Yeah, no, I honestly feel like that's exactly what you need to be doing as a new agent. Um, and again, I mean, I said this in, in like an earlier question, is really figuring out what your marketing strategy is going to be. Um, if Obviously, Jesse and I love social media marketing. So if that's the route that you do choose to take, um, really dive into all areas of training that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. If you are not showing up to trainings and you're not plugging yourself in to the brokerage and the team that you elected to be on, then you're not giving that business your all. Yeah. You're not treating your business like a business. You're treating it like a hobby. Mm-hmm. So be expected
0: to be paid like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just... Getting your mindset right, knowing that what you're about to step into is going to be really hard. You're not going to know everything. There's going to be times where you're going to doubt yourself, where you're not going to believe in yourself. And that's, again, why it's so important to have a strong mindset as well as be surrounded by people who can continually lift you up even when you feel like you're not doing
1: very well. Exactly. Maybe your mindset isn't that great, but that day or that week... But you're surrounded by people that can can cheer you up and be the strong mindset for you.
0: Kind of put you back on your feet and dust off your, <laughs> your clothes for you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> okay, next question.
1: Tips for attracting sellers and initial meeting with sellers. I think we kind of talked a little bit about the seller consults already. Um, but tips for attracting sellers. Well, a big part of this is honestly, it comes back to your marketing, right? Are we marketing to sellers? Are we making sure that our content and the things that we're pushing out is focused on sellers? Have you thought about what the sellers' problems are and what you can what you can solve for them? Mm-hmm. You know, and what is it like being a seller in your market? So that's something to even focus on. Um, what tools do you have for sellers, potential sellers? I will say this, if you're a new agent, I think everybody hears, you know, um, obviously like you want to have listings, listers last, like whatever all the sayings are that all the agents (laughs) say, you know, and I had that in my head too. And and it is, it's important. It's important to, to also attract sellers and work with sellers. But as a brand new agent, you're probably working with a lot of buyers and something that I would have kept in my mind back then too. I was like, you know, it'll come. The business will also come because a lot of my buyers will end up being sellers and I need yep. to treat all of my bra- buyers, you know, really well and give them an amazing experience and keep in touch with them and cultivate those relationships after they close. So that in three years or four years or whatever, I'm, I'm also cultivating those sellers or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm attracting them back to me. So, you know, don't forget that you have all these buyers you're working with too and they will eventually turn into sellers. So don't forget about them and the relationship that you're still continuing to build with them years past their closing date.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it comes down to content. What are you sharing? Are you sharing things about buyer issues? Are you talking about seller problems? Um, Are you even like... Like, are you knowledgeable in the, sell, in the selling process or are you just kind of winging it? I mean, when I say knowledgeable, I mean, you haven't gone through it till you've gone through it as a listing agent, but can you, you know, kind of give off this vibe that you're the expert kind of thing? Um, I think it kind of goes back to just staking your claim and being like, listen, if you really want to build a listings only business, then give that all of your attention and say that I'm the listing expert like just claim it, just go out there and claim True. it, claim you know? it, dig into all the trainings that you possibly can
1: on being the best listing agent, developing your own marketing methods and everything that goes around that to attract listor, uh, listings and sellers. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into that side of it too. Um, but it's definitely doable and it all comes down to your marketing.
0: Yeah, I would agree. At the end of the day. Good. All right. Next question. What do you do whenever you are struggling to make content? Ugh, raise my hand. <laughs> Calling you out. Yeah, Steph.
1: geez. Whoever wrote this one in. Um, no, I honestly have. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I've been struggling to make um, my post content. I was telling you that like, man, you know, like it's been, I've, I've made some really great posts. How do I top that? No. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have some good stuff in the works. I think that it happens a lot too when uh, maybe you're in a pivot moment or you're growing and expanding and things are, you know, whatever, whatever things are going on. So for me, I have always struggled more so with my post content than I do with like, say, storying. Mm-hmm um stories are so easy for me and at the end of the day um when i'm struggling to make content and something that i'm working on is is just brain dumping i think that a, a good brain dump really helps yeah. in kind of getting some good ideas going and i'm keeping a running list on of notes in my notes app like every once in a while i get an idea for something and i'm like oh that's a good idea you know and i'll want to put that idea somewhere and I need to do it like in the moment. So I could be like in my car Mm -hmm. and I can just talk it into my notes app. So, um, again, that all goes back to like doing this really awesome, good brain dump. I'll go and start reading articles, even, um, real estate related articles, whatever obviously is like stuff focused around my business and what I'm doing. Um, just to start to kind of get those juices flowing Um, And then a sillier, (laughs) couple silly things that I have to do, which I don't know if you do this, Jesse, but for me, I need to be like in the right vibe. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Like I need to be in the right place. I can't be sitting at my kitchen counter with my kids running around the kitchen. You know, it's loud. The TV is on, like the dog is barking. I I honestly can't do it then. Mm -hmm. And I know that about myself. I'm like, I would love to just... Go sit in the nice space and turn on some good music and like have a candle going. It's like I got to like get into yeah. like the mood.
0: <laughs> the content creating the mood. The content
1: creating mood. And when I do that, like obviously, you know, creativity comes and goes. And that's just how it is when you're creative. But um, that, those are the things that I have to do when I'm struggling to make content is really put myself in the right right environment to make content. And then I need to do a good brain dump before I begin writing my content.
0: I think for me, because I also am kind of in this pivot shift right now. um, And I think my ideal client is shifting a little bit and my focus is shifting a little bit. And so it's really easy for me to go back to like, you don't need 20% down type of content. Cause that's easy. And I know that inside and out and right. that kind of thing. But I think I wasn't feeling fulfilled in that. I think. Right. Um, because I, I'm, I wasn't wanting to attract more buyers. And so I really had to sit down and be like, okay, where do I feel most aligned to go right now in my business. And for me, that is honestly towards building our team. Right. And kind of agent attracting that way. And so for me, I shifted from posting all about first-time home buyers to now just trying to provide value to other agents. You know, social media tips, basically an extension of this podcast. Well, and you've
1: always, I mean, of course, you've always loved the marketing side. You love the social media side. So... I mean, I'm not surprised that you feel aligned in that way too.
0: Yeah. So if you feel like you're struggling with creating content, definitely think about where are you trying to go? What are your goals right now? Are you trying to hit a certain number of transactions? Are you trying to hit a volume number? Are you trying to become a top producer? Or are you kind of shifting in another way? Right. But I think it comes back to who is your ideal client right now? Who are you trying to reach? And I think answering that question and then diving into what their problems are, et cetera, will really Mm -hmm. help kind of re-spark, oh, well, I could post about this or I could post about that.
1: Right. And then you're kind of there again, like doing like a a brain dump, a thought.
0: Brainstorm. (laughs) Brainstorm.
1: There we go. You know, things like that. And so, you know, it all comes back down to, like Jesse said, figuring out who your ideal client is, what are you, what is your destination that you're trying to get to? you know, and how are we going to get there? And then breaking it down to help your content boost that, help your marketing boost towards that, Mm -hmm. that goal. Love it. Well, this is a, an interesting one. Somebody had asked me who is Stephanie's mentor. So, um, over at EXP, of course, we're all kind of entangled in this great web of, of amazing agents and, Mentors and people that we always have access to, which is fantastic. And um, so, I my mentor is is um, Kristen Kentrell, um, and I have Chuck and Angela Fazio. And Chuck and Angela Fazio, just for like history, they were the owners of the largest si- single office brokerage in the nation mm-hmm. um, in real estate here out of uh, Gilbert, Arizona. And so that's where I hung my license. Um, prior to eXp, and then they completely shut down the brokerage and um, saw the value in eXp and wanted to make sure um, that we all understood what it was about. And so anyways, they moved over to eXp. I was thrilled and excited for this opportunity, and um, I went with all of my mentors from Revelation over Mm -hmm. to eXp. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how that happened. But I love my mentors. They're fantastic people. Honestly, probably some of like the most genuine and <laughs> nicest people truly you'll meet in real estate. Um, true. They just, they always have your back, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and I love it. I, and that's the thing, we say this a lot. You have to surround yourself with people that feel good and are always going to, up, you know, uplift you and encourage you. And I always try and make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who are so much smarter and knowledgeable than even I am, you know, and Mm -hmm. I can always go to them with thoughts and ideas. I mean, man, they started that brokerage and we had over 900 agents. There was a ton. Over 900 agents out of one office. I mean, that's just.
0: In one area of Arizona in like out of the Phoenix area. Yeah.
1: Isn't that nuts? Mm hmm. It's pretty incredible. So yeah, I love that um, I can always go and talk shop with them. Yeah. And
0: so can anybody actually within our group, which is so great. No, yeah, it's a good time. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next question. Best advice for newer agents that haven't closed their first deal yet. Um, So I think this actually feels very similar to some of the questions that we've already answered. Um, But I mean, just speaking from my own personal experience... Um, The way that you talk to yourself is going to make or break your real estate career. (laughs) Honestly, make or break your life, truly, the way that I honestly feel. If you talk to yourself like, I'm an idiot, I can't do anything right, there's no way I'm going to be successful, then freaking watch that happen. Right. But if you can reprogram your brain into thinking, you know, it's just right around the corner, something's going to happen, and kind of just celebrating the little wins along the way, like getting someone to sign up for your home search site or getting somebody to comment on a post or reel or respond to your stories in the DMs or whatever and kind of just celebrating Mm -hmm. that and taking it for, all right, I'm getting closer. Um, I, I think it's really easy as a new agent when you haven't closed a deal yet to get really down and hard on yourself. And then that's when it always seems like the people who are like, Oh, I joined, uh, you know, I got my real estate license and a month later I had six deals in escrow. Like those people always become highlighted. I feel like when you're like going through it. Right. (laughs) Um, and honestly, like mute those people, figure out how to get that out of your vision. And again, just surrounding yourself with people who are actually going to pick you up and support you and encourage you to keep going is huge. But for me personally, it was how I was talking to myself.
1: Oh yeah. I love that. I think that's a fantastic answer. You, um, I know that are, are really big about writing affirmations and daily, daily affirmations. So don't be afraid to do that. If you're struggling with mindset, you know what I mean? Start really diving into how to address that mindset. I agree. Um, that's huge. Um, I honestly like echo everything that you said. (laughs) I feel like that's a fantastic answer. A test. (laughs) We can just honestly leave it at that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's struggle. I get it, you guys, but you have to put your blinders on. I love that you said that Jesse, like you have to mute. If it means that you mute other people, you don't have to unfriend people. I mean, obviously you still like them, but it is important for you to put your blinders on and just focus on your success. Um, you know, it was easy for me to even look at other agents and, be like, Oh man, you know, where are they at, you know, compared to where I'm, I'm at. I mean, and we all do that in all areas of our life. It's true, but their story is not my story. And my story is not your story. And everybody has their own, their own amazingness to bring to this world. And you are worthy of the same amount of success. That that doesn't mean that your walk looks the same as mine or Jesse's or Jesse's as someone else, you know? Yeah, so. honestly,
0: real quick. I've been struggling with this in my bodybuilding journey because I follow a lot of like professional, um, bikini bodybuilder women and man, they're like goals, you know, it's like, man, I like, they're killing it. They're crushing it. They look amazing. And that kind of thing. And, but I will catch myself comparing and it's like, it makes zero sense for me, someone who's training for my very first show, which is an amateur show, someone who's never done this before three months ago to sit here and compare myself to someone who's been doing it for years. Yeah. Logically, it doesn't make any sense, right? And so I've caught myself and I've been like, all right, I maybe need to mute this person, still follow them, or maybe I just, you know, I'm not vibing with their content right now and I need to unfollow them. Yeah. And, And I have. So don't be afraid to mute those who make you feel bad about yourself. No, nope. I love that. All right, last question. Last one. We got through all of these, there was a bunch. There was
1: a bunch this time. All right, go ahead. All right, so the last question is, advice on how to keep your engagement on your posts. Um, For me, I feel like, I mean, anytime that I'm feeling like I have a dip in engagement, um, I usually ask myself first, have I been consistent?
0: Have I been consistent on
1: social? Have I been social on social media? Am I going out and liking and commenting and participating in social? And on top of that, am I giving my audience, you know, what I know that they enjoy consuming? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that goes back to sticking with your ideal client. Um, And if you're really, really wondering or you're curious or you're kind of just lost here and you've made some posts in the past – I'll even just every once in a while go back into my insights and check and see what posts did really well. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's been a long time since I talked about that topic or um, maybe I haven't posted a picture of me and my husband and my kids in a while. Like those pictures <laughs> always do amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, just go back and, and look at those things and figure out, you know, what, uh, what can you incorporate in this next week and how can you stay really consistent um, to help boost that engagement.
0: Yeah. I think the consistency question is humongous in, in that answer. Um, I also think, you know, yeah, examining your content, like, is this really helpful content? You know, if you're examining a just sold post and you've posted like four of them in the last two weeks or whatever, like, is that valuable? Not really, other than someone just maybe seeing a pretty house and tapping, double tapping to like it and keep moving on. Um, you know, ask yourself, was this valuable content? And honestly, sometimes you just have to accept that some posts are going to do really well and some aren't. And exactly. that's just the nature of Instagram. It's the nature of it. And it's how
1: you kind of figure out to what you're what you're following is really liking. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it can come down to some more like just things that you can do even with your own post, you know, of course, commenting back to people who comment on your post. Yeah. You know, stick around. Don't just post and what do they say? Post and ghost. Yeah.
0: Are (laughs) you, are you liking those comments? Are you responding to those comments? Even if all you're saying is thank you, or even if it's just like emojis, like something is better than nothing. Right. You know, um, but yeah, are you, are you responding to people's DMs? Are you giving your audience a reason to reach out in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you constantly had people commenting or in your DMs and you're not actively engaging with them back in responding to them, like, they're not going to reach out anymore.
1: No. Why would they? You don't engage?
0: Yeah. They don't even know if you, I mean, you can see when people see the DMs, but like, right. You know are you giving people a reason to reach out in the first place? Exactly.
1: Boom. Boom. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, that, was jinx.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was great guys. Okay. We got to all your questions. I really wasn't sure if we were going to go this whole way, but yeah, we got a little to bit all. of a longer, longer episode, but you guys um, tell us that you love the Q and A's. So we'll keep doing them every so often, but hopefully if you asked a question, you got the answer you were looking for. Thanks for listening to the podcast today, you guys. We'll see you back here next week. See ya.
1: Thanks for listening to Socially Modern. Interested in partnering with us on our nationwide real estate team? Check the show notes of this
0: episode to schedule a call with one of us to learn more. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates on the show at Socially Modern. You can also follow me, Stephanie, at Mainville. And me, Jessie, at Miss
1: Jessie Lockhart. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week.